0: You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Roman Podcast. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, we've been making our way through the book of Philippians. And the book of Philippians is a letter. It's actually a letter written by the Apostle Paul, and he's writing it on house arrest in Rome. You see, he actually went to Rome with the hopes of an opportunity to share the gospel. But instead of that opportunity coming to fruition, the Apostle Paul actually was met with opposition. And so he finds himself being bound by chains in his home on house arrest. And I guess we could say that Paul is in quarantine. Here's maybe a picture of what it would have looked like for Paul just to kind of be there with his own thoughts, thinking through. It's like, well, how do I take advantage of this opportunity? It's not what I hoped it was going to be. Maybe this is where a lot of us are today. This is not where we hoped we would be, but nonetheless, this is where we are. And so Paul decides that he's going to write a letter. To the Philippian church. Now, for those of you that are new to studying the Bible, you can actually go back and look and read through the book of Acts. Specifically, in Acts chapter 16, you will actually read about Paul visiting the city of Philippi for the very first time. And so, throughout the book of Acts, we actually get to see Paul go to these different cities and plant churches. And then, years later, he actually writes them letters. And this is what we actually find in Philippians, in the book of Philippians. Uh, Paul is writing them a note of encouragement, a letter of encouragement. While he's on house arrest, he's taking advantage of this opportunity. And so if you have your Bibles with you today, we're going to be in Philippians 3. And so feel free to turn them open or turn them on. And we'll begin with verse 2. Paul says this, watch out. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil. Now pause really quick because immediately we're like, whoa, like who's he talking about? And believe it or not, he's actually talking about religious people. He's actually talking about religious leaders. He said, be careful. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence, no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. You see, what Paul was doing is he was going around from city to city and he was sharing with them the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, the grace of God, the grace, which means the unmerited favor of God, which means it doesn't matter what you do. It all depends on what Christ did. And so we don't have to perform for God. We don't have to worry about whether or not we've done enough. Are we in the good graces of God? Have we been forgiven? Have we done enough good things? Paul says, listen, it's not about that anymore. It's not about following a bunch of rules. It's not about following a bunch of rituals. It's about what Jesus did. And even the smallest sin that you have ever committed will actually separate you from God. Because God created you in his likeness, wanting you to be perfect, but knowing that you can never be perfect, the only way that that separation could be filled as if if someone actually lived a perfect life. And then after living that perfect life, gave up their life as a sacrifice so that the gap between you and your heavenly Father could be filled, which is exactly what Jesus did. And this is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus, the grace of God. This is the message that Paul would go around to these cities and share. But after Paul would leave, something would happen, and these religious leaders would come behind him and be like, whoa, 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 time out. You can't just be forgiven. Like, you have to do some stuff. In other words, you can't belong before you behave. Can we, like, camp out there for a second? Because I bet some of you, unfortunately, grew up in churches like that. I bet some of you probably were taught religion at its worst. Where it's like, yeah, 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 the, this, you know, Jesus story of him sacrificing his life for you, Yeah, that's real and that's true, you need to believe in that but you still need to perform. You still need to make sure you do certain things and you act certain ways and you don't hang out with certain people because if you do, then you can't belong because you can't belong before you behave. That's religion at its worst. And so Paul says, okay, if anyone anyone could have been moved to the front of the line because of all the good stuff that they did in the name of God, then I should have gotten the gold medal. Let me show you what he says. He said, I was circumcised when I was eight years old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without in other words, Paul was saying, listen, I was the real deal. I wasn't an imposter sending emails trying to pretend like I'm somebody that I'm not. Jerk, whoever you are out there. Jesus loves you. He still loves you, but I can't believe there's people trying to impersonate me to get people to scam them out of gift cards. Paul says this, but whatever I gained, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of of christ indeed i count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord for his sake i have suffered the loss of all things and i count them as rubbish now for those of you that are going to be talking about this later in a group context i would love for you to do a word study on the word rubbish there the greek word is skubalon because you might find something interesting But Paul says, for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as crap in order that I may gain Christ. I bet we can make a parallel here in our personal lives. You see, I bet that there's been a season or a moment in our life where we thought, man, if we could just attain this, if we could just accomplish this, if I could just get my hands around this, that it's going to bring fulfillment. It's actually going to bring whatever it is that inside of me feels like is missing. And maybe for you, that was a certain occupation that came with a title. Maybe for you, it was some kind of accomplishment that you wanted to to push through or to overcome. Maybe for you, it was a certain status or a certain amount of money. And then after... After you attained it, after you achieved it, after you accomplished it, you learn, man, that didn't, bring me, that didn't bring me the fulfillment that I thought it was going to. And we consider a lot of those things that we thought were going to bring us so much gain. We start to see them as more of a loss. And then something happens. You see, I think as we get a little bit older in life, it's almost as if the opposite begins to take place. And I hear people talk about how, man, I'd give it all up every accomplishment, every dollar I've ever earned. I'd give it all up if I could just get my husband to love me. I'd give it all up if I could just get one of my kids out of that damaging relationship. I'd give it all up if I could just get my friend to overcome that addiction. I'd give it all up if I could just have a relationship with my dad. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Andre Agassi. I'm sure you know him. He was a famous tennis player, is a famous tennis player, and Man, for all intents and purposes, like, he achieved the American dream. Andre won several different tournaments. Um, He was number one in the world for a little while. But if you read his autobiography, you'll learn that uh, Andre Agassi actually hated tennis. And the reason he hated tennis is because of how hard his dad pushed him for greatness in the early parts of his life and how he would have given it all up if he could have just had a loving relationship with his Father. Let me ask you a question. Has this crisis, has it opened up your eyes at all? Because I'm convinced that God wants to seize this moment in your life. I really am. I'm convinced that God wants to seize this moment in your life and to use this crisis to bring about clarity. Clarity on some things that maybe you weren't seeing before all of this happened. And maybe it's because we were living at such a crazy pace, or maybe it was because we were trying to accomplish or attain things that we thought were gonna bring us fulfillment, that ultimately right now we're learning not only do we not really have control over as much as we thought we did, but they weren't bringing us the fulfillment that, they, that we thought that they would. And so, have you taken a moment? Have you taken a moment just to invite God into your life and your mind and your heart and your soul? And say, God, would you just bring about some clarity for me right now? For things that maybe I wasn't seeing as clearly, but now I've got some time. And just like the Apostle Paul, being quarantined, not having a whole lot to do, being bound by chains, having some time to reflect on what it is that maybe God wants to get his attention on. Clarity on the things that matter the most. Beginning with Jesus. Here's how Paul put it He said, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. In other words, knowing that salvation is attainable. It's coming. Not that I've already attained all this, Paul said, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. I press on and I take hold. Keep those words in your mind. I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In other words, because of what Christ has done and putting our faith and trust in him, he's giving us a new purpose. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's take a moment. And let's get really practical. Right now, I I feel like uh, there's a, a sentiment that many of us are sharing together where it's like, man, we're ready to move on. We're ready to get past this. We're ready to get back to whatever the new normal is going to be in front of us. We are ready to press on. But can I ask you to slow down for just a moment and answer this question? Press on towards what? Press on towards what? Normal? (laughs) Nobody's told you yet. Normal is dead. And even if it were attainable, even if normal was attainable, is it actually what God would want you to go back to? In other words, what we once had behind us, is that what God wants us to step back into and take hold of once again? Or are there some things... That God actually wants wants us to leave behind. One of the things that I know I've been thinking through during this time and reflecting on is how I want to leave this idea of being busy all the time behind. And sometimes, if I can be honest with you this morning, sometimes what I've done is I've allowed busyness to equal beneficial. And busyness doesn't equal beneficial. Beneficial. And as I've taken the time to reflect on this, I don't want to get to the end of my life, whatever it is. Again, this has been maybe a moment for you where you've been reminded that life could be demanded of you at any point in time. There's no, no none of us really know the day in which we're going to close our eyes for the very last time on this earth. But whenever that is for me, when I'm at the end of my life, I don't want to look back and say I was busy. Instead, I want to I want to know that I was beneficial that was beneficial for my wife, for my kids, for my friends, for this church. Busy does not equal beneficial. So whenever I step back into whatever new rhythm and whatever new normal is going to look like for my life, I want to step away from this idea that busy somehow equals beneficial because it doesn't. What is it for you? Like as you start to think about this new normal, whatever that's going to be, as you step back into it, whenever we get back to some kind of predictable rhythm for our life, is there a new perspective that God wants you to have? Is there a new purpose that he has for you? Is there a new path that he wants you to follow? So you want to press on. I get it. I get it. Me too. But can I encourage you to not let this moment go to waste? Just like Paul being confined and home arrest in Rome Doesn't doesn't probably feel like he has a lot he can do. Again, he went there with the opportunity to share the gospel, but he found opposition and ends up in chains. But he says, you know what? I'm not going to allow this time to go to waste. And he begins to write letters to encourage others. I don't want you to let this moment, do not let this moment go to waste. And it's possible, listen to me, it's possible that if you don't take time to reflect through some things now, what will happen is that at some point in time, we will step back into some kind of predictable rhythm for our life, but it'll be too late it'll be too late because then you'll be back into whatever chaotic pace that we end up finding ourselves in, especially as Americans. And this moment in time that I think that God wants to seize and wants you to take hold of, will be lost. So our goal this entire time, since we've been having these conversations, has never been to just get through this. Our goal has always been to grow through this. And so for, before you jump back into some kind of rhythm, new normal for your life, can I strongly encourage you to wrestle with this right here? God, will you show me what you want me to leave behind? Like, forgetting what's behind me, will you show me some things that I need to forget? And will you show me what you want me to take hold hold of? Perfect conversation piece for your groups this week. God, show me what you want me to let go of, and show me what you want me to take hold of. Is there a new way that he wants you to start to embrace the relationships in your life? Is there something that he wants you to do in your marriage? Is there something he wants to do in your friendships? Is there something that he wants you to do when it comes to your faith? I believe he does. And I believe that you need to give him a moment because God does some of his best work in a crisis. And so I want to encourage you to invite him to kind of navigate your thoughts, navigate your heart, navigate your soul. And reveal some things to you that maybe weren't as clear before, but they are now. I want to show you how Paul concludes Philippians chapter 3. I think it's a moment of hope for each of us today. He says this, But we, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we're eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak, mortal bodies And change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Church normal is dead. Life as we know it is going to be different as we move forward, as we press on. But we, (laughs) we are citizens of heaven. Can I say it again? We and you are citizens of heaven. Which means whatever inconveniences or suffering that we experience here on this earth is nothing in comparison to the eternity that we will experience with Jesus when everything is brought underneath his control. So just in case you need to hear it this morning, it's going to be okay. You are going to be okay. Does that mean things are going to be easy? No. Does that mean things are going to be ideal? No. Does that mean it's going to be pain-free? No, but it will be okay, because hope is very much alive, and his name is Jesus. And just in case you need a little pick-me-up this morning, I'm going to invite this little guy named Ryan to bring it to you. Check this out.
1: Don't worry about it, because every gonna be all right I woke up this morning on my horizon three little birds were on my doorstep singing sweet songs melody blowing true. and they said this message you <laughs> they said don't worry about a thing Because every little of it is going to be all right Don't worry about a thing Because every one of it is going to be all right
0: Hope is very much alive. And you, you're a citizen of heaven. And One day we're not going to be subjected to the uncertainties of this life, the things that feel like they get shaken underneath our feet, the things that we probably are learning right now in this season we really don't have any control of. But hope, hope is very much alive and his name is Jesus. I want to take us into a time of response right now and We want to encourage you that if you have some elements at home, we want to encourage you to participate in the Lord's Supper every week. It's a reminder for us. It's probably one of the greatest reminders that hope is alive. That Jesus, yes, although he went to a Roman crucifixion and suffered a very excruciating death, he was put in a grave, but he didn't stay there. He came out of that grave, and when he came out of that grave, hope became a person. And so every week we want to encourage you to take a cracker or some kind of piece of bread or something that represents the body of Christ and dip it in a cup of juice or maybe some wine that represents his blood that was spilled out for the forgiveness of your sins and if you're watching this today and you've never made that decision you can do it right now the grace of God that was made available for you through Jesus Christ the unmerited favor and there's nothing you can do to earn it but it's a free gift it wasn't cheap because it cost him his life, but it's a free gift if you'll simply acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need Jesus Christ to save you and he can become the leader and Lord of your life today. And if you made that decision, we wanna hear from you and we wanna celebrate with you and we wanna help you with some next steps. I also wanna just encourage you, for those of you that have been, continue to support the mission of God through Trace Church, thank you. It's because of your generosity that we can continue to partner with schools like Mark Twain Elementary. It's because of your generosity that we can bless single moms in our community. And so I wanna encourage you to continue just to, to give sacrificially, to give above and beyond, to be generous so that we can continue to represent the love of Jesus Christ, the hope of the world to our city, to our neighbors, and so there's several ways that you can give here at Trace. You can do it through our app, our website. You can mail in a check if you want, whatever that looks like for you. As we move forward in the coming weeks and still uncertain of when it's going to be that we can actually start coming back together, I want to, I want to talk to you about this experience, like what it is we want you to experience right now. We believe the Trace experience is for you to gather with us like you're doing right now on Sunday morning in your homes to gather in a group. And so if you're not in a group yet, we wanna encourage you to get in a group because we're we're gonna be able to meet in smaller groups before we can meet in larger groups. And we want you to have that kind of church context. You were were created for community. And so we wanna get you back into relationships with people and connecting with people as soon as possible. So we want you to gather with us, get in a group, and we want you to give to the mission of God through Trace Church. I'm gonna pray for us right now. The worship team's gonna lead us in one more song and then we'll be dismissed. We pray with me? Father, thank you for this morning. God, I do pray that you would begin to reveal and begin to make clear the things in our lives that we need to lose sight of. The things in our life that we should leave behind as we press on that there are some things that you don't want us to press on bringing with us, that you want us to let go of them, to leave them in the past, to leave them behind us, taking hold, maybe of a new purpose, a new path, a new perspective, whatever that looks like, God, that we would We would see this as an opportunity for you to refine us, to cultivate change within us, and to move toward something new. And so, God, would you make clear whatever it is that that looks like for each and every one of us this morning, and, God, that you would continue to remind us that hope, regardless of the circumstances that we can't control around our lives, that hope very much is alive. And his name is Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.